Are the New Orleans Saints done for and down for the count, or can they get back to their winning ways? We'll talk about what went wrong in Nashville, how the Saints can address it, and as always, we'll end on a good note. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into this Misery Monday episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. And don't forget, we're here and available for you for free and on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, uh, Canal Street Chronicles, Tuesdays on Locked On NFL, and of course, here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On Saints. And unfortunately, the New Orleans Saints dropped their second straight game, this time to the Tennessee Titans by a score of 21-23. to And the big question that I'm seeing a lot of people ask right away is, are the New Orleans Saints done? Are they down for the count? Have we seen the best of this team already? And are we getting ready to kind of strap in for a long remainder of the season here? And I want to say no. The Saints are not officially down for the count. They're not fully done here at this time. And I think that if anything should tell you that, it's their fight, it's their resilience, particularly in the second half of both of these losses, the Atlanta Falcons and of course the Tennessee Titans on Sunday as well. So listen, it makes sense to be disappointed, but it makes sense to have a little bit of confidence in this team moving forward and if nothing else, to be entertained by them. Look, they're down a starting quarterback down a starting wide receiver. They're down their left tackle, left guard, a running back, a nickel defensive back. That's a huge energy boost for your team. Not that I think, and not that I can truly say that any of those players being available in this game against the Tennessee Titans would have helped them out because of different issues. But when you're down all those different players, it does hamper, it does have an impact. As Sean Payton said after the game, it's the NFL though. It's the way that the game goes for the New Orleans Saints. The problem, though, in this one were the self-inflicted wounds, the penalties, the slow start yet again, the penalty outside of the terrible roughing the passer call, which I just want to get out of the way. We can all agree was a terrible roughing the passer call, one of the many that we've seen so far this season. Uh, You had some struggles in the kicking game. You had some struggles with mental mistakes as well. I mean, you talk about the kicking game, you've got two extra points that were missed. If you make both of those extra points, then you're kicking an extra point at the end of the game there for the lead, as opposed to trying to go for two for the tie. That uh, two-point conversion, of course, got messed up because of a false start penalty with Adam Troutman, which ended up sending the Saints back from having to go from two yards, having to go from seven yards. That's one of those mental mistakes that we just talked about. But surprisingly, It's one of the reasons why I think that this team can still win and shouldn't be completely ruled out just yet. I mean, how is it that they can get back to their winning ways? Well, a big part of it is going to be help yourself instead of hurt yourself. We've seen the resilience of this team. We've seen how how remarkable they performed under pressure, even with Trevor Simeon under center. But it's hard. It's always going to be hard to beat the team across from you when you're simultaneously shooting yourself in the foot, right? I mean, if you're your own worst enemy, 
you're very rarely going to walk out of that game with a W. And that's what we have seen two weeks in a row now. And in particular, in this game against the Tennessee Titans. In a game that had several moments where you could argue that the Saints were simply the better team on the field. It wasn't consistent, particularly early. But in the second half, when they stormed in with nine points in the fourth quarter and then started to limit that Tennessee Titans pass rush, neutralize the pass rush a bit, and then limit the Tennessee Titans offense, you could argue that the Saints were the better team down the stretch, but continued to hurt themselves down the stretch as well. The Titans could not get a run game going. Their all-pro, all-star wide receiver and A.J. Brown had a catch in this game. Uh, The Saints limited the Titans to three of 12 on third down, only a 25% conversion rate, but unfortunately gave up three first downs by penalty. They were also gifted three first downs by penalty. I mean, when you look at a lot of these numbers, the Saints were on top in a lot of this when it comes down to raw yardage as well as efficiency stats. The places where they lost though, time of possession, turnovers, and those are big time indicators of who's going to win a game in the NFL. And it turned out to be the case here. Again, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the turnovers here in a little bit, but I want to look ahead for the New Orleans Saints. We're talking about them potentially, you know, are, are they a team that, they just, that should be counted out or can they rebound from two straight losses here? And the fact of the matter is that if they keep beating themselves, sure, but if they can get to a point where they can stop doing that, right? Stop with the self-inflicted wounds. You're still looking at a team that could potentially finish with nine or 10 wins at the end of the preseason. 10 wins in the NFC very likely get you into the playoffs. Nine wins is a little bit more of a struggle, but you could get into that seventh playoff spot right now. If the playoffs started today, the Saints would still be the sixth seed in the NFL. And the NFC South would be sending three teams, including the Carolina Panthers and of course the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Right now, I think if you look ahead on the schedule, the New Orleans Saints, you might be able to go ahead and notch off some losses, uh, you know, as the as the calendar rolls along between the Buffalo Bills, the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That all makes sense. But wins against the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Jets, the uh, Miami Dolphins and the remaining NFC South rivals don't feel impossible either. So getting to nine or 10 wins still very much within the reality of this team. So that's why I think I'm just not ready to count this team out. Like I said, I don't know if having any of those players like Alvin Kamara in this game makes this game any better. It probably changes some of the decision-making and the play calling in the red zone. Maybe you don't go for that field goal toward the end of the game, and instead you try to get a touchdown there, narrow the gap a little bit more. Maybe in that last drive where you were trying to punch it in to the end zone, you're able to you know, rely a little bit more on, on a guy like Alvin Kamara, who is an absolute beast for you in the red zone. So maybe that's where you get a little bit of an impact. But as a whole, I thought Mark Ingram filled in well. I thought Ty Montgomery started off well until he had what looked like a dislocated pinky injury that ended up keeping him out for the game. I just I think that there's still enough for this team and enough that you can see with this team that they can produce and that if they could just get out of their own way, that they're not to be ruled out just yet, that this is a team that can continue to win this season. But they'll have to pinpoint where they've had their mistakes and they'll have to adjust and clean up some of those big issues that they've had, whether it be penalties, the kicking game, all of that. But besides those penalties, besides the kicking game, what else went wrong for this New Orleans Saints team? Well, one thing's for sure, one of their most reliable weapons ended up making a critical error in this game. We'll talk about that error and much more as we continue to pinpoint where the Saints need to get better, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends over at DirecTV and about DirecTV 
stream made my Sunday this weekend all the more enjoyable. As I was able to go back and forth from live sports to my favorite TV shows to my favorite movies, whatever it is that I'm looking for, I'm able to do and transition seamlessly thanks to Direct TV Stream. No more having to hop from one app to another, use people's logins for the other good stuff that I'm trying to catch, all this. You don't have to worry about any of that at all. Get all of your TV together all in one place, and best of all, without an annual contract by using Direct TV Stream. Go and check them out. Find out for yourself. I'm absolutely loving this service. I know you will too. To get more information, head over to directtv.com. That's directtv.com for more information on Direct TV Stream. Compatible device is required and content varies by package. All right, family, thanks so much once again for making Locked On Saints part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your first listen of the day, every day. Very much appreciate getting to be a part of your routine. And I always like it better when we get to talk about wins. But hey, talking about losses gives us a lot of information, gives us a lot of education as well. So what I want to talk about next before we end end on our good note, something we always try to do on these Misery Mondays is that I want to talk about what else went wrong for the New Orleans Saints. We're all talking about the kicking issues. We're all talking about the penalties. We're all talking about the mental errors, things like that. But outside of those, this game was kind of lost for the New Orleans Saints on four consecutive drives, four key drives at the end of the second quarter, going into halftime, and then coming out at the top of the third quarter. This is an exercise in the margin of error and just how slim it is in the NFL. So let's break it down. Uh, I want to start off late in the second quarter. You had the roughing the passer penalty that negates Marcus Williams interception in the end zone that ends up leading to a touchdown later on after another defensive penalty, this time a defensive pass interference penalty that was called on Demario Davis gets the uh, Tennessee Titans to the goal line and uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill is able to fall into the end zone and, and score the touchdown there. Now, these are seven points that should have never been on the board. I know that, but now they are. And so this is where things start to topple a bit for the New Orleans Saints and maybe start to spiral a little bit out of control. Now, that roughing the passer penalty should have been called. It would have erased those seven points and Tennessee would have ended up giving the Saints the ball back going into a two-minute drill with momentum. Instead, they get the touchdown. The Saints still get the ball back for the two-minute drive. That's where we pick up. So they get this two-minute drive opportunity. Trevor Simeon ends up getting sacked as the pocket collapses. Nowhere to go with the ball. It looked like we'll see when we get the all 22 in film, but it really didn't look like he had anywhere to go and the pocket collapsed on him. So I'll forgive him for not throwing the ball away in this instance, but the very next play, when he gets the opportunity to scramble to the outside, he sees Harold Landry right there, hot on his heels. And instead of throwing the ball away, holds onto the ball, ends up taking a second sack in that situation on a second straight play. They follow that up with a false start penalty that ends up taking 10 seconds off the clock. Them's the rules. Offensive penalties within two minutes get a 10-second runoff, and then you throw the out route to Adam Trotman, who goes out of bounds as time expires. So look, this one's simple. You can't take those sacks if you're Trevor Simeon. Can't do it, especially the second sack. I kind of understand the first as kind of the pockets collapsing around you. You don't want to risk a fumble or anything like that, and instead you just take the sack there. That's fine. But then throw the ball away in the second one instead of scrambling outside the pocket. You're not a mobile quarterback. Just bad decision-making 
in that situation. Now, this offense has been a good second half unit, but some of the decisions, uh, overthrows in certain situations, the challenges that they've faced early on in the two games have made it really, really hard for this team to make up for late. So now you get to halftime, you come out of halftime and you go, okay, the adjustments are there. Very excited to see what's going to happen for this defense. Can this New Orleans Saints offense get clicking? They're a second half team. What's this going to look like? They get the kickoff. Oh yeah, it's going to Deontay Harris. He's the most electrifying return man in the NFL. And he gets absolutely mollywopped and ends up fumbling the ball. It's recovered by the Tennessee Titans. This was a huge, huge turnaround here because this was an opportunity for the Saints to go back to back on scores, right? Score at the end of the first half, get the ball back at the top of the second half, and then get maybe a field goal, hopefully a touchdown there. And instead, they end up giving up or not scoring at the end of the half. They end up giving up a score at uh, just before their final possession of the first half because of the roughing the passer penalty. Then they give them the ball back, the Tennessee Titans, at the beginning of the second half. A couple plays later after that, they end up with the old play action, tight end, Y leak situation, and they get into the end zone. So they end up with the two quick scores is what it feels like, as opposed to the New Orleans Saints getting those two quick, two quick scores and swinging momentum in their way in a, a stadium in Nashville that was heavily populated with New Orleans Saints fans, less than ideal there. And so those four possessions ended up being critical for the New Orleans Saints. And that fumble by Deontay Harris ends up being a critical mistake, one that you can add to the two missed pass uh, pass interference, the two missed uh, um, point after attempts, the the false start on Adam Troutman, the drop pass by Adam Troutman or whatever that miscommunication was between he and Trevor Simeon. You can add that to the roughing the passer penalty, the three penalties or the three first downs given up by penalties, the two penalties in the red zone. You keep and in, in you can just kind of add all this stuff up. And again, it's self inflicted or 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 what I like to call as uh basically like self-constructed um complications <laughs> self-constructed obstacles that's where the New Orleans Saints were in this game beating themselves so the Tennessee Titans didn't have to do it so while it's great to see this New Orleans Saints team try to fight through adversity late in games digging their hole early on and in series like this back to back make it kind of insurmountable, but it wasn't all bad for the New Orleans Saints. We have some other pieces that we have to talk about. We have to talk about Marshawn Lattimore. We have to talk about the pass rush, the offensive line. There are things like that that we'll continue to break down here all throughout the week. But instead of continuing to hamper and kind of, kind of beat a dead horse here with all the things that went wrong, let's talk a little bit about what went right. Did anything go well for the New Orleans Saints? Well, we always like to end on a good note here, including a player that many folks wanted to see on the trading block at the beginning of this season coming through and showing out since his return from injury. We'll talk about that player and many more as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And before we get to it, I want to let you know about, uh, you want to talk about good notes? Let me talk about a good note here. The best tasting protein bar on the market, it gets no better than Built Bar, the candy bar, or rather the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I want to call it a candy bar because that's exactly what it tastes like. If you haven't heard of Built Bar before, you're missing out. So go ahead and check them out over at Built.com. Best tasting protein bar ever. It does not taste like what you think protein bars usually taste like, being chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. Not like that at all. We're talking about soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, super easy to chew. And in incredible flavors as well, including flavors like coconut, 
uh, raspberry, mint brownie, chocolate almond, so many fantastic flavors for you to choose from. And this month, Built is coming out with new and limited edition flavors every like three to four days. So make sure you check the website, built.com often so that you can keep up and not miss out on what's going on. So go grab yourself a box of Built Bars right now and use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, so you can get 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And you can also go and check out betonline.ag, the easiest, fastest, and safest place to get in on all of your sports action and to put your money down and get in on those bets. Right now, the New Orleans Saints going to be underdogs on the road next weekend as they head to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia Eagles right now. They are one and a half point underdogs in this one. You feeling better about them going up against the Eagles than you felt about them going up against the Tennessee Titans? Feeling good or you want to wait around and see if Alvin Kamara ends up making his return next week? And maybe that makes you feel a little bit better. In any case, Bet Online is the place to go when you're ready to go and put down some money and get in on that action. If you don't want to bet on the Saints, don't worry. There's the rest of the odds, props, and everything else for you to get in on across the NFL, the NBA, uh, the NHL as well. You can get ahead in futures awards in the MLB. So much to get in on, including your favorite Vegas casino games as well. If you're a brand new customer, don't forget to use the promo code Locked On L O C K E D O N. For a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, that's promo code LOCKED ON for 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag, where the game starts. Let's get it, Houdet Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints. Remember, tomorrow is Tuesday, so we're getting into the analytics. We're going to look at this loss by the numbers Wednesday. We're going to dive into the film as well. So we'll talk about some of the other performances that we want to highlight from this uh, this weekend, good and bad, including Marshall and Lattimore, Adam Traubman, Cesar Ruiz. And we'll also talk about uh, some good performances as well, which is where I want to go here, sort of our game ball situation, but we call it good notes. We're taking a look at the good things that did come out of this game. And the first one that I want to talk about that we're also going to continue to talk about throughout the week is going to be Marcus Davenport, because Marcus Davenport performed extremely well in this game and proves why time and development matter. Marcus Davenport finished this game with two sacks, two tackles for a loss, as well as three total tackles. He had a nice game last week as well and has looked very good since returning from injury. Uh, you take a look at the pressure from the entire New Orleans Saints team. The Saints weren't very successful when it came to blitzing, but they did get a lot of good pressure on Tannehill with their down alignment and came up with some really interesting pressure packages and approaches. And Marcus Davenport was a big part of that. We saw Marcus Davenport come in and uh, 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 Taylor Lewan ended up getting injured at one point. They end up putting in a backup left tackle and immediately Davenport pushes that tackle into the lap of Ryan Tannehill. We love those type of uh, plays those type of sacks in New Orleans. It's one of Jeff Ireland's favorite things when he's scouting defensive ends. They want those guys that can push offensive linemen into quarterbacks. Marcus Davenport shows you that he still absolutely has that bull rush speed to power conversion ability that he was drafted uh, because of in, in a way. And then in the in the other sack, he actually ended up winning that one against Taylor Lewan as well, which required a little bit more finesse, a little bit of a dip in that one. So you saw him kind of the the variety of his game in this one and the scope or spectrum of his game was very present 
as well. So look, it, it felt like it was a very, very nice game for Marcus Davenport. We'll dive into it a little bit more with the numbers and the film as the game goes along, but a good thing to see four sacks on the season now for Davenport as he continues uh, moving forward. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about another young cat over on the defensive side. This time, Paulson Adebo, the rookie cornerback, felt like, and we'll see the numbers once the uh, snaps come out Monday morning, but it felt like uh, he outsnapped Bradley Roby again in this one on my first and second watches, at least on the outside. He drew AJ Brown in a lot of coverage, which is something that we'll talk about more this week as well, because Marshawn Lattimore was on another guy, Marcus Johnson, a little bit of a no-name dude who came through with five catches on six targets for 100 yards, but AJ Brown walked away with a catch for 16 yards. The Saints did a very good job neutralizing the top threat, but the Titans were also looking to focus on uh, elevating another receiver who was an absolute training camp standout. For the Tennessee Titans, and sometimes you don't see those camp standouts ever pan out during a game. Well, this time you absolutely did. Um, Paul Sadibo had another nice play in here that didn't count. It's not going to show up on the stat sheet. In fact, it's considered a no uh, a no play because of an offensive penalty by the Tennessee Titans. But it was on the goal line. the The play had been blown dead, but before the play was blown dead, AJ Brown was completely uncovered, and so. Um, uh, Ryan Tannehill kind of quick snapped when he saw AJ Brown all by himself in the slot. Maybe one of those times where you're missing CJ Gardner Johnson, who might be a little bit more assignment sound because of his, his being accustomed to playing these positions a little bit more and the assignments that are there. He ended up snapping the ball. Ryan Tannehill did before one of the tight ends started to, or as uh, one of the tight ends, I believe it was Ferkser started to move to go in motion. So because of that, it ended up being called an illegal motion, but when um, Tannehill still threw the ball to A.J. Brown before the whistle was blown, Paulson Adebo made a quick break on the ball and actually punched it out of A.J. Brown's hands. Now, did A.J. Brown know that the play was being blown dead and so he didn't really care that much? That's very possible. But hey, I like to see that hustle from Paulson Adebo to potentially prevent a touchdown in a blown coverage situation from the jump. So glad to see his sort of reaction and his ability there. Um, and he also racked up a very nice tackle for a loss as well. Let's jump over to the offensive side here, continuing on with our good notes here on this misery Monday. It can't all be misery, right? Uh, Deontay Harris absolutely dominated in this game against zone coverage, just as we expected. Uh, three catches for 84 yards in this one, including a big 46-yarder that I want to highlight for a moment. The thing that made that play so special is that you know, Sean Payton kind of broke down a little bit two ways that separation is created by receivers. He told uh, New Orleans media that you either run faster than the other guy or you stop faster than the other guy. And that is true. That's a very nice way to boil it down. But there are obviously other ways to create separation. You can manufacture it like what we saw in the touchdown a couple of plays after this very catch to Traquan Smith where he faked the block. And so the scheme ended up working because he ended up just kind of hooking the other way and being all by himself up against uh, uh, former New Orleans St. Janoris Jenkins. But on this play for Deontay Harris, a big part of it actually came from hand fighting at the line of scrimmage and just a really, really solid and technical route that he ran. So he's coming from uh, kind of tight to the formation, not in the slot. He's still on the outside. But as he releases, he does what's called a spray release, which usually when you release as a receiver, a standard release is you release and you run straight up the field. A spray release kind of takes you um, diagonal up the field a little bit, a little bit more toward the sideline. So he angled out a little bit, and then the defensive back immediately gave him that leverage, 
but stuck his arm back to try to kind of hang with him. And Deontay Harris kind of moved his arm out of the way, just the hand fighting just kind of slapped out of his way and then cut back inside. And then was absolutely all by himself for a little while after that. And that's all that it took. So it was the speed. He did run faster than the other guy, but also came down to Deontay Harris just becoming more of a full, uh, fully realized and more of a complete receiver because of the route running and the release that you saw from the line of scrimmage. And finally, we can't go without giving a shout out to Mark Ingram with Alvin Kamara out averaging 23 touches per game. Mark Ingram comes in, he racks up 18 touches, 108 total yards and a touchdown. And of course, becomes the uh, franchise leader for the New Orleans Saints in rushing yards, uh, just taking over that spot from uh, former New Orleans Saint Deuce McAllister. And finally, I want to shout out the late game offense. The late game defense in this one deserves a little bit of credit, but particularly over the last two games, the late game offense has closed multi-score gaps and put themselves in position to win games despite some very, very slow starts, which have plagued this team really all season thus far. Now, I don't want to go overboard here because the Saints still lost this game, but there are still observable traits here that you like to see. You love seeing the way that they're navigating adversity, and you love seeing the way that they don't lack confidence in themselves. And to highlight that, I want to wrap up with a quote from Demario Davis when he spoke in his post-game presser to New Orleans media, where he said, I really appreciate the fact that our team knows how to respond to adversity the right way. Guys, we right back into work trying to figure out how to get better at their process, the way they study film, the way that they practice, the way that they detail their work. That's one thing I appreciate about coming to work with this team. We've got to find a way to get better. Each man has to continue to own their responsibilities and areas they can improve so they can come back better next week. And that's the hope for the New Orleans Saints is that they come back better next week up against the Philadelphia Eagles. But we're not ready to jump to that game just yet. We still have much to break down from this loss up against the Tennessee Titans. We'll get into the numbers tomorrow on Tuesday, and then on Wednesday, of course, we'll dive into the tape and we'll be joined by one of our friends from WWL-TV to help break it all down as well. Once again, y'all, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day here on Locked On Saints every day. Now, go and check out Locked On Bets. Make yourself some money with your boy Q as well as handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Go and check him out wherever you get your podcast. And of course, as always, y'all, we'll be back with you tomorrow. But for everything in between, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them and trust you that nation. I'll holla at you.